last week we were talking about miscarriages, and this week we're talking about death. Hey guys, in this episode I'm going to be talking about death, so um, I just wanted to let you know, even though you probably knew that since, you know, there's funeral in the title, but okay. A- anyway. Alrighty, then. <laughs> Hi friends, how are we? I'm so hot in this closet right now, I'm not going to lie. I need some type of like wearable ice pack situation, which I'm sure exists, but um, man, I'm, I'm, I'm dying in here. And also my dad died. <laughs> But other than that, other than that, we're doing great. Last week, we brought you miscarriages. This week, your dad dies. What do we have in store? I'm sorry. It's just, that's the way I deal with things. If I didn't uh, do that, what, do you want me to cry? But yeah, it, it, it was, it was a crazy, uh, it was a crazy week. Like I watched the movie Beer Fest for the first time, which is pretty funny. But uh, honestly, like Beer Fest is a, a great example of the type of movie that like I appreciated why it was funny because it was like skillfully crafted like impersonations and it was um it, it was just so funny to me in, in like that way that things can only be funny when you've just gone through something like really traumatic I find that when I'm like going through things or when I'm struggling I tend to have more of like a sharp sense of humor and I think that's just like like it's a safety mechanism right but now I realize that as much as I really enjoyed the movie Beer Fest I it will always go down as the movie associated with miscarriage dad dying because it took me all week to get through it because my partner kept falling asleep it was like oh let's make let's watch a movie and then he that's just what we do but it like kind of embranded this this movie with like these two events so it's just weird it's been like a weird a couple months oh I was thinking about PTSD the other day as one does you know I was, just, I was just thinking about it I was just thinking about my friend PTSD and how it is so uniquely different than I guess how you might have like imagined it not that I guess not we're not all out here imagining what PTSD would feel like but I feel like you know at its core it's just having trouble with transitions like sucks for autistic people but at at its core it's just having trouble being able to like exist with all of these different rules and I feel like I shifted uh through some more dimensions in the past couple months I I do think that they might have been this is gonna sound so messed up but like the tragic type of shit that I needed to like rattle me awake back into like the land of the living in a certain aspect there's a lot of things about funerals and death um, that I find very odd and very weird that I can articulate better now as an adult but of course when I was a kid it was just you know why are you so obsessed with death <laughs> and like um, thinking about mortality all the time like one of my earliest memories of, be- of being pushed on a swing by my mom and I can hear my little my little girl voice aloud in the memory being like mom but when am I gonna die and just like the wind in my hair and waiting for like the swing back and I was always kind of uh, weirded, not like weirded out by it because death meant something different to me, but I was always kind of obsessed with it. And then uh, apparently, I guess I act weird or acted weird at my mom's funeral, which is also a weird thing because I was talking about my mom's funeral and I think I nailed it. Like when I went to the funeral, I thought I had nailed all the, I thought I did really well. I thought like I could have been proud of myself, which is also like a, a really weird thing to say. Uh, I realized that later when I was like, I thought I nailed my mom's funeral, but I guess not everyone thinks about nailing their mom's funeral like I did but you know how I mean it I meant like I felt like I I I, I did good little Annalie but but I didn't <laughs> I didn't um I didn't do good at all I didn't do well because um it wasn't until like years later years later where my nephew made some comment like well we all know how you were we all know how you were at the funeral and I was like what the fuck like <laughs> but I my my facial expression didn't change at all right I literally was just like mm, noted noted into internal processor to mull over later forever like what is that supposed to mean like and I, and I thought about that the rest of the entire day like 
we all know how you were. Like, what is, uh, and I guess I just was acting like uh, too happy. Isn't that, isn't that so messed up? Isn't that like so weird? I also find um, funerals weird. I I, I want to be careful because I'm never trying to ever, ever, ever say people shouldn't grieve a certain way or judge how people grieve. But that is not the point. I, I really just wish we could all be real. It would be so much more healing and less exhausting for everybody, you know, but I can't expect that. That's ridiculous. We're all different. We have different needs. But man, I remember at my mom's funeral, my dad's children, because they both had children from previous marriages. I remember, you know, his kids came and seeing them stand in this line to do the ceremonial walk, the procession. I, I don't know, like the family walk of like the person who died down the church aisle thingy. And I sound like a sociopath, but I could have, I could have laughed because I just saw like my dad's two kids. Things are all good now, but they were like really sad looking in the face. They're like really sad. Like they could have been crying and like there's, it was almost cartoonish. Again, I don't think they were doing this on purpose, but in my brain, it's just how like this memory like goes down. And I just thought it was so weird because in the simplest way possible, like you just didn't, you, you guys just weren't close. Like, not only did you guys, not only are you not going to, like, miss her, and I'm not judging. I'm saying something as an objective observation. You actively avoided each other in the times of living. You were, like, opposite magnets. You were actually really good at that. So, like, it just seems odd. I have to, I, I do a double take at it when there's been, like, even a lot of drama around, like, you and my mom, not, like, so why now? Like, I, I get paying respects, and I get that that's what we all do. I'm just saying that I think that's weird. Like, I just want to be like, we we both know it's fine. And but it's like actually fine. All families are weird in their own way. It's fine. But let's we don't have to pretend. We don't we just don't have to do this. Like I wish uh, funerals, obviously this is not like an original thought, but I wish that they could be um just not even joyous, but just okay. It it should feel like a moment, right? It but it just it, I I don't I it just feels so I even remember at my mom's funeral because it's like the first time I'm seeing a lot of people in a long time. That's how, you know, like funerals unfortunately are sometimes. And I even like remember energetically how weird it was because I got in late from New York City and I remember hugging people. I was like, oh, you know, move in for a hug. Haven't seen in forever. And I could tell they were struggling with me because I was like coming in smiling and being, I guess, like breezy is like the word that came up later like easy breezy from new york <laughs> like trying to like say hey how are you and them being like we're good but maintaining that sad face the whole time as but but it felt so specifically like we we almost don't want to have this sad face on but no eyebrows must stay arched down eyebrows must stay furrowed we are good maybe we can even hug now if eyebrows stayed furrowed and we stay hunched like it just i just wanted to kind of scream and just be like like no one is there's like we're not going to get you if, if you come out of nowhere and we, we ha, catch a smiling like you fucking bitch. Get out. You, it's just like, what is that? Obviously, I have to go to his funeral <laughs> this, this weekend and it's going to be fine. It's obviously going to be fine. I'm just kind of tired. <laughs> it's, it's funny because like weddings and funerals are kind of similar in how they're not for the people a lot of the times they're for like the family. And I was thinking about how many family members are reaching out and saying things like, oh, we're here for you however you need support which is so beautiful and I'm so blessed but this is where my where my crazy autistic brain goes I'm like um well honestly like I don't I don't I I'm more than fine now like I um I'm, I'm fine and they're like no but this is one of the hardest no and I'm like if I'm being real with you like I, I feel nothing like I, I I I feel nothing right now that doesn't mean I know I'm not going to so on that note can I rain check 
um, this offering of support for, let's say, three random weeks or three months later down the line. Out of nowhere, when I have a day where I'm, you know, something really important is going on and I'm just not handling it well because all of a sudden, you know, grief, I don't know, visited me like the sniper on like a, a nice random Wednesday afternoon out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, why aren't you contributing to society, Annalie? And I'm like, ah, help me. But that's that's kind of like how I feel like grief works for me because I don't process things in the moment. I process it before the funeral or I'll process it like later, like, you know, like a, like a good person should do. No. <laughs> but that I just that's how I um, I have un, uh, unreasonable expectations of myself to be able to do that always because I know how grief comes out of nowhere and it comes so delayed. You know, sometimes my grief and by sometimes I mean usually come so delayed that for a while when there were terms there were times in my life where I actually like wondered if I was like like a sociopath you know (laughs) I would handle things so much later after the event and I would be in some ways so cool and collected uh disproportionately to the situation but it's not that I like never felt things it's it's way more that I just like that is what a smart survival animal would do. It would not like tremble and get vulnerable and knock its knees like in front of like, like that's just obviously what what is do, what is happening naturally. Uh, the the funeral thing kind of freaks me out. And like everyone has such different types of funerals, and I didn't even realize that until I started going to funerals as, as a human. And then like when I went to more than one, you know, which was like way more than I had ever gone to before before I went to any. <laughs> All of a sudden, I was like, there's different funeral like aesthetic and types, and and if you don't know how a certain funeral works. I almost wandered away from my mom's funeral like procession that I-, I was in. My my partner is the one that actually yanked me back into line. And like I just have this memory in my head of like me thinking it was done because we were like supposed to be marching on our way out to like the little dirt plot where we would throw my mom's ashes. So weird. But instead I just thought it was over cuz like the the church service was done. I didn't I thought it was like church. And then I look back and my partner's like, what are you doing? And he comes over and he like brings me back and I'm like, da, 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 da. It's, it's just so weird. I don't know how they work. I, I don't even, I mean, I'm sure everyone saw that. That's probably why they were like, she's on drugs from New York. I think the whole grievy thing is so interesting from an anthropological point of view, you know, because understanding that when it comes to grief, it's all about how we authentically and internally process it, whether that is through big, you know, more somatic kind of experiences or whether it's from more like keening. Keening is in a way so beautiful and a lot of cultures do their own version of keening but when i think about humans being allowed to just actually carnally societally like be accepted in these moments of grief instead of kind of the way we do funerals sometimes at least that seems real does that make sense like it sounds weird to say i'd be more comfortable with like the cultural norm to be like literally like cry and try to get that shit out now like while there's freshness to this moment maybe you can process it it feels weird that i'd be more comfortable with that but that just seems like normal. It doesn't seem like enjoyable, but that seems like like it makes sense. It doesn't make sense to like come together and not do either. Like let's either come together and like process this shit or like let's not and like let's not do a bunch of but that's again that that's just me. You know what I mean? My friend just started making modern keening. Oh, really? My friend just started making modern keening music. It's been Oh, wow. Wow, that's awesome. What would that um even be like? Wow. I want to. I want to hear that. I'm so fascinated by that. I just don't think that we ever think about people doing the majority of their gr- active grief for people that they love in public in other spaces where people have no idea that's what they're going through. Because to me, to me, grief is one of those really specific emotions that I think is 
so fascinating because of the fact that you're always seeing it when you don't know you see it. Isn't that, I don't know, I, that like, I just, that's the way I think about it, right? We think about grief and we conceptualize it so much in this way of like, oh, grief is something you do when you curl up in the fetal position at home after someone's passed away and those lonely nights and like, yeah, it is. But I just think that grief is, is, is so much less about like what you see at a funeral and so much more about like three months later and you go to call that person, something very cliche, but, but all, you know, all the while meaningful. Like the first time you forget that someone died is like a weird thing. Because they still exist in your head. This is how crazy I am. I have my my dad's last conversation that I had with him, like, recorded in full. Because um, I've been doing that since, uh, I, I for, for years, because I've been worried my entire life that my, my poor, aging, white, adopted dad, my frail daddy. <laughs> I'm so glad that I have that last um, conversation recorded. But also, I'm not ready. I'm, you know, I'll listen to it like pretty soon. But I'm very aware of the fact that I'm not processing anything right now. I'm really not. I just don't feel anything. Like I feel nothing. I feel nothing. And that is, I'm in that 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 buffer of delay. I asked a question one time where I was like, "Would you rather lose your sight, or would you rather lose your hearing?" Because I always say that I would much rather lose lose my hearing than my sight. If it's just about pr- contributing to like the cog, the rat race, then sure, sight's easier. But I, I almost get anxiety attacks thinking about what it would be like to like, it's scary to me, right? And I think that I, I just, there is something about sound, I think that it's just much more connected to like, something um, not, I don't know, like more rooted or more, more fundamental, because I, I always ask, would you rather lose a picture of like, your dead dad's, like a, a picture of him? Or would you rather lose a, a, a voice recording? And like, to me, losing the voice recording would be like, yeah, why? And, and like the picture would just kind of be like, Neh. but not everyone's the same. I have a lot of people, I have a lot of friends that were like, I'd much rather have the picture of someone. And I just, and I just think you're weird. <laughs> I'm still in that place where I can't even listen to music in the same way that I did before the pandemic because I'm just so emotionally tied to it that it either is just so overwhelming because it reminds me who I used to be or it just reminds me of what living and feeling alive is like to a certain degree that I'm not, not not now, but not totally doing now, if that makes any sense. Probably not. Sometimes every now and then. I'll, I'll be able to listen to something and I'm like, wow, this is motivating. Music really does make things easier. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, that is like my main special interest. That's what, why I did Broadway. And like, it's a feeling. Like, I feel like music is so deeply like rooted into like who I am because music is so important to me. I hate myself. But I feel like music is so deeply rooted into like who I am that it's almost, I can't listen to it without feel like I'm also kind of putting on like old masks or old like versions of myself and I, I can't like separate that, you know, like if I listen to, to music, somehow it's got like the jewelry of whatever I was going through at that time. And I can't, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Or, you know, it goes the exact opposite way where I, I play it and I, I don't mind a well, you know, I mind a well, I might as well just be kind of like playing like generic, terrible radio. It doesn't affect me at all. I'm like, huh, I'm like doing that offbeat snap, like woo doggy, this is nice. Yes, sir. Indeed. That's music. <laughs> When I listen to music, even if it's just studying music, I, I need it to I need it to have an intensity. I need it to have an urgency. Not in melodic structure, but just in in need to be. Like I need like this music that seems like it should exist. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever have the same relationship with music that I did. Did you know that you are something crazy? Something like three times more likely to develop dementia later in life if you have um, like undiagnosed hearing loss. Oh my God, it would be terrible. It'd be terrible. And I saw, what's really funny is I saw my dad as he kind of like got brittle, brittle 
I almost just said brittle, <laughs> brittle, and start to lose the use of everything, which is which is hard, which is hard. Um, and he did that way early in life, and then just kind of hung on forever by a string, which is which was stressful for everyone. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but he, I could tell that he existed in this world where hearing was really difficult for him. So for a couple of years. Uh, my dad just kind of went into like his his kind of <laughs> I call it just like his quiet years where he didn't really he, he was there mentally but I th I think truly what happened was like my mom was just probably fussing at him so much it's very stressful their life was not easy and um, they loved each other a lot but you know they they didn't ever like have enough money and I think my dad just kind of went into this place where he almost didn't care that his hearing was like kind of going I, I kind of get that you know but when he wanted to be a part of it, he, he would have to be like, what? And then all of a sudden, um, my mom hated him instantly. You know, <laughs> So he, he kind of like went into his quiet years for a while. And then after my mom passed, my dad got like oddly better and healthier for a little bit of time, which was alar alarming in a weird way <laughs> because it was like, what is happening? And it was 100% because now that he and my um, mother weren't living the way they used to independently anymore his diet was changed I mean he wasn't eating anything that he wanted to but he wasn't eating everything that my mom from like the 50s and who never re-examined the food pyramid to no fault of her own like his eyesight got better oh yeah and my whole point my whole point is his hearing got better and so it, there was a weird period of time where even when my mom was alive I kind of don't remember my dad like really he was just kind of bumbling around. You know, his body worked a little bit better, but in his brain, it was just like, dad's just always in a good mood. <laughs> and then when my mom passed, all of a sudden, my dad kind of came back into clarity and focus for a little bit of time once um, once we didn't do biscuits every day. And once we, and that, that sounds crazy, but that, that is a big part of it. That's not all of it, of course, but that's a, that's a huge part of it. Like, I'm sorry, he's diabetic. Like, and all of a sense, kind of came back. It, it was It was weird. It was weird. Yeah, like, we think that how we feel and think emotions look are like standard and they're not, you know. What I'm really surprised by is how I, because <laughs> when my mom died, it wasn't like this, right? Like, like I'm the only one now. Like, I feel like when that's a very specific liminal space to exist in when both of your parents have died. The space that I'm in reflecting about the fact that my, my dad died feels very different than the space in the world uh, when my mom died, it just feels like um, now that they're there and I'm just by myself here, it just feels quieter, if that makes any sense. I, I don't even know if I'll ever be able to find the right words to articulate. Just It feels like you're existing in kind of a different version of the world, like a different dimension. And and like my very unmasked, like inner voice self kind of had a moment where I was like, well, okay. Um, it's just me. I'm, I'm okay. Like, I'm and the world just feels very quieter. It almost feels like a step closer to how the world feels like it sounds when you trip. Because when you trip, it's very common for everything to just seem um, very quieter when you trip. The world gets very, at least to me, like when I trip, the world gets quieter, like you're in a sound booth and it's so beautiful. It's like, it's so beautiful. All of a sudden, that's kind of like one of my first uh, like entryways into like coming up onto the peak a lot of times when I've tripped before where it'll just be like I didn't I don't even feel anything we I don't even know we should we take some more and then all of a sudden it'll be and then I'll be like oh it's happening it's happening and it's so quiet and it's so um relieving and just like beautiful you know like all of a sudden you're there and you're just like the silence is so beautiful like when my mom died and the first time I forgot and I went to call her um it was very weird that hasn't happened yet 
with my dad, but I think it's probably going to happen when I go because I send him in the nursing home a meal every week um, to like be his special lizard's thicket or cracker barrel because the nursing home food is terrible. So I would like send him like, you know, treats. So I think that that'll probably be like the first time I go to grab my Uber Eats and and I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But when I do forget this time, it's it it'll it'll, it'll probably feel a little bit different. It'll probably feel like, I don't know, like a little bit sadder, a little bit sadder. I think the saddest thing is like just always way more about like his life than how he died. Right. The moment of his death, like because this is what I believe, this is what I believe. But the moment of his death to me was probably like the most glorious, adventurous, life renewing like release and a beautiful gift. It, it was more about just regrets of not being able to fulfill certain qualities of life right before he died. It, it was really weird. The last phone conversation I'd had, I had with him. I'm in retrospect more and more, kind of convinced that he knew. I don't know. You could just. You could just hear it in his voice. I've heard a lot of stories of, um, I love hearing about stories about what happens to somebody right before they die. Like like when older people die in the hospital or when sick people die. There's just so many varying, interesting, beautiful stories about like the moment or the day before about how they change. And I think that's fascinating. Like these weird changes that happen. The last conversation we had, he sounds, the perfect word is um, like delighted. And and that's kind of like the reason why I'm like, oh, he knew. He just seems like a baby again. He seemed like I was I was just literally saying things like, well, well, that's the weather for you, you know. And his reaction was just like, oh, well, golly, I, I guess it is. I guess it is, baby girl. And I'm like, what the? And yeah, I'm like, oh, of course, of course. He was metaphorically, we were together on some dock looking out onto a beautiful lake and He's just looking at me one last time, and I don't know it's our last... Like, that's kind of what was happening, right? And I was definitely able to pick up on on, on that energy, too, because he said something very specific, which was, uh, it could never be bad. Because I was... He asked me some question, and I was just... It was just a catch-up. Like, how are you doing? How are you doing? Like, how are things going? And I said... I was telling him about my, my miscarriage, which... Also, I'm not going to lie. It feels like a weird thing to have... Um, had our last conversation like that I kind of I kind of wish that had been a little bit different but when he said it could never be bad like the way he said it was just the way a man who is literally looking over his entire life and just so happy and and in awe of like how beautiful everything is like that's you know like (laughs) oh baby it could never be bad like that's I don't know if that's like a, an offensive impersonation of my dad. I'm, tr- I'm trying to make it sound a certain way. But um, <laughs> it's kind of like if he wasn't dying, then you would have thought he was like maybe going crazy. Like that type of thing. And that's how I was like, oh, shit. Like maybe he was, everything was just so beautiful to him. And he never mentioned in the entire long lifetime of him being my dad and giving me scares. The entire long lifetime. He's never, ever acknowledged life with me in that way like he said something really quick like well even if I'm not here I'll be and I was like what and then he died the next morning so I I was like I wonder if dad is I wonder if dad's frolicking with mom now and then (laughs) I also kind of remembered that they're probably going to be like meeting each other for the first time really like they're not going to be encumbered with all of this bothersome like human 3d bullshit who they truly are as souls can just be like in their truest nest just being like hi like we did it we're back 
hi and him being like hi and then her kind of being like look at you even though that doesn't make any sense because they're just like energy and but then both doing that that equivalent of like buzz buzz like oh this is who you really are this is like oh yeah like we're, we're free we're free from like you know like you're not fat anymore and and like yeah like you can like all of those things that are just like a goodbye here and then like a hello there you know in the same way that i had to reframe and, and think about the fact that oh maybe i don't have to think of a new name with my next baby i can it can be cricket trying to return and and then when I had the miscarriage and then when my dad died, I, I thought about maybe dad, maybe dad left to go help find Cricket to help her return even more. Like, I'm just, listen, I'm just making up all the stories in my head over here. I'm like, maybe, maybe, maybe. At least now I can go back to pursuing my dreams. <laughs> At least now I can look forward to that coffee in the morning back on my Starbucks. Yep, yep. And, uh. I'm getting like old vitamins out that I couldn't take. And it's just a very weird, I was about to not get acrylics again. I know. Um, just in the nick of time. Um, I love you guys. And um, I screen record this. Thank you so much for sharing this space and for giving me some weird permission slip to be able to channel my thoughts and processes in a different way than if you weren't here because it's not the same. It's very helpful to me. Thank you. It's been a hard week. It's been a hard week. Um, but we're super grateful. And uh, yeah, 